Percy, it's been said that we can live four weeks without food, four days without water, four minutes without air, but not one moment without hope. Hope is indeed one of the fundamental needs of life, Wayne. And when we combine faith in God as the anchor to our hope, because we use hope in everything that we do unconsciously, then it becomes a powerful force in our life. Standing on the promises of God is a firm foundation for real hope. At the end of the day, quite frankly, we cannot live without hope, but we need to channel our hope back in the reality of the source of hope, and that is in our God. So on today's podcast, we're going to discuss the power of God's promises as we talk with Tamara Windall, a cancer survivor and author of the devotional book, Abiding Hope. The following program is produced and sponsored by Cancer Treatment Centers of America. The information discussed during this program is not medical advice. Be sure to talk to your medical doctor for information and advice relating to your health. I'm Wayne Shepherd. Welcome to Health, Hope, and Inspiration with our host, Reverend Percy McRae, Director of Faith-Based Programs at Cancer Treatment Centers of America. What better topic than hope to talk about today, huh? Well, hope is, you know, is used all around us in all sorts of advertisement and commercials because hope intrinsically is just simply a part of the primordial nature of the spirit of man. The problem is, is that we've attached our hope to everything but to the source right. of real hope, and right. that is God. Right, yeah. At Cancer Treatment Centers of America, spiritual support is provided as desired by the patient. But we're going to hear from a woman today whose hope is anchored in Jesus. That's exactly right. And that's the point of the exercise, is tying our hope back to the source of hope. We've placed our hope in people, places, and things. And in many cases, all of those have let us down in certain scenarios and situations because we haven't understood the true source of hope. And the true source of hope is Jesus Christ and our Lord and Savior. Before we get to our guest, Tamara, here today, let's talk about a couple of other things. First of all, we want to pose a question for our listeners because we love to get interaction with our listeners. We love to get feedback from listeners. So we're posing this question today. What should people or your church have done differently to better help you during your cancer journey? Yeah, we'd like to hear from you to kind of, you know, unpack that a little bit. Through my travels, I've certainly heard people suggest and say different things in terms of how they could have been better assisted or helped uh, by family, friends, and certainly their local church. So we want to hear today from you, what should people or your church have done differently to help you during your cancer journey? And you can send your response to healthhopeandinspiration.com and uh, uh, we'll hopefully read that on one of the shows and unpack that. Yeah, I was going to ask you, what are we going to do with the answers we get? Yeah, we, we, we're going to unpack that and we're going to present that on one of the other shows. And we'll just kind of put that out there just to have some commentary with regard to uh, what you, our listening audience, are saying and suggesting just to give people something to think about and hopefully not make similar mistakes or to correct things that they were not aware of at, at another opportune time going forward. I'll repeat the question of the week later in our time together here. So stay tuned for that and stay tuned for our guest in just a moment. But let's turn to God's Word, which is our, our hope, isn't it? Well, our foundational scripture that we want to start today's discussion and build around is found in Proverbs, the third chapter, verses five and six. And it says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding. Seek his will in all you do, 
and he will show you which path to take. And that certainly will help encompass uh, the dialogue and discussion that we'll have today with Tamara around how she utilized the hope of God in the midst of working through several bouts of cancer in her life. I'm so glad you read that scripture. That's our resource this week, what the Bible says about hope. And you can download that at healthhopeandinspiration.com as well. If you or someone you love is fighting cancer, consider Cancer Treatment Centers of America, a comprehensive cancer care network. They treat the whole person, body, mind, and spirit. Visit our website at healthhopeandinspiration.com. Click on Sponsor to learn more about Cancer Treatment Centers of America or contact one of their friendly oncology information specialists about questions you may have about your treatment options by calling 866-712-HOPE, 866-712-HOPE. Cancer Treatment Centers of America uses state-of-the-art technologies to deliver precision medicine, personalized care, and spiritual support. Learn more at healthhopeandinspiration.com. Without further delay, let's hear from our guest today. Here again is our host, Percy McRae. Well, I am excited, and with me today is a guest that actually was recommended to me uh, when I was out at uh, the National Religious Broadcasters uh, Convention uh, earlier uh, this year at the time of this recording, and I was told that I really needed to meet this individual and speak to her, and so uh, she reached out to me, and her name is Tamara Wendall. And I want to welcome her to the show today. Welcome to our podcast. How are you, my dear? Thank you so much. I'm doing well. Well, with that being said, first and foremost, um, you, uh, over a 10-year stretch of your life, have battled four separate cancer diagnoses, including stage four ovarian cancer. And of course, the show is built around the cancer conversation and all of the nuances that go with that. And obviously, with respect to that opening introduction, I'm sure you've got a lot to say about cancer. But before we go into that, you also have written a book. She has a wonderful book called Abiding Hope that I have had the privilege to read and have gone through. And so today, let's talk a little bit about um, having cancer and being a cancer patient. And uh, let's start in the beginning. Typically, where I go is uh, the day that you were initially told that you had cancer, uh, where were you and how did you feel and how did you react, my dear? Well, to go back a tiny bit before that day, uh, for six months prior to my cancer diagnosis, I had been going from doctor to doctor trying to find out the cause of a side pain mm. and also indigestion I had been experiencing. Eventually, a laparoscopy, which is a simple surgery, was ordered by the second doctor I had seen and had gone back to, and he wanted to check things out internally. So October 31st, 1991, will be remembered as the storm of the century mm. when Minneapolis was hit by more than 28 inches of snow. Okay. But for me, that date has a different memory. That was the day of my scheduled laparoscopy. Mm. I was told surgery would take about an hour. After six hours in surgery, I woke up to the news that I had stage four ovarian cancer, that they couldn't remove it all, that I must endure six months of intensive chemotherapy, and that at 33 years old, our hopes of having more children were gone. Okay. Life forever changed that day. I would say so. And so in getting that news and, and with that backdrop, what was first and foremost, what was your reaction? How did you react to getting that information, my dear? I became absolutely consumed with fear. 
And my mom had had ovarian cancer years prior. And so memories of her journey flashed and played over and over in my mind. Mm. And I also desperately cried out to the God of my childhood Sunday school days, which by that time, my husband, we had we were living the party lifestyle just prior to that. Mm -hmm. And God was in our past. And so I was on my own at that point. And I quickly realized that I needed to find something to hold on to, something that wouldn't change because every part of my life had been changed. And so began my search. Gotcha. So with that being said, you're you're given this news at a at a at an early age, and I think it's important to highlight the fact that uh, we are seeing uh, younger people actually being diagnosed with cancer. Because I think for some uh, people tend to think that cancer is an is an old person's disease or an older person's disease, and right. uh, we are now looking at younger people being di- being diagnosed with cancer. First of all, and so that's the the first message that we'd like to make sure that we convey to our audience that be mindful that you know at younger ages people are being diagnosed and they need to follow and listen to the symptoms that their body is telling them and go see their doctors accordingly. You're a young woman. You're told that possibly you wouldn't have any children. Uh, again, if I can synthesize this and, you know, you're not necessarily uh, living a conscious lifestyle, uh, a godly lifestyle at this point based upon your, uh, your your verbiage. So how now does this shift or start moving you, if you will, in a direction of 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 where is God in the midst of this or where am I in relationship to God in the midst of this? Let's talk a little bit about that whole, uh, I would have to imagine, self-reflection and introspection that then at some point you begin to start delving into. Sure. Well, my friend Deb came to visit me in the hospital and the day she came, she brought me a gift and it was a Bible. Mm. Well, I hadn't read the Bible in years, but cancer really got me thinking about spiritual matters. Absolutely. And soon I began seeking God through prayer and reading the Bible. And little did I know then that that the Bible would actually become my lifeline. Mm. And then a month after starting chemo, we moved into my in-law's townhouse while they were in Florida. And one night at dinnertime, someone knocked at the door. Pete went to answer and came back with Deb's dad, Don who we really didn't know well. We had met him years prior, but there he was. And Pete and I looked at each other curious as to why he had stopped by and why he had his Bible with him. Pete and I listened as Don talked that night. He talked about God's love, and I could actually sense God's love surrounding us. Mm. And then Don showed up the next night and the next night and the next night, always at dinner time, never pushing anything on us, but talking of God's love. Through Don's visits, Pete and I decided to read the Bible <clears throat> Excuse me, together, something we had never done. But so very desperate one Saturday night, we just opened it and began to read. Matthew 8, 1 through 4 was where we began, which is the story of Jesus healing a leper. Yeah. The next day, we had agreed to go to church with Deb and Don. That day, the pastor's sermon was on Matthew 8, 1 through 4, okay. the same passage we had read the night before. Wow. I knew then that something indescribable was going on. The pastor talked about leprosy and likened it to the dreaded diseases, cancer and AIDS. Mm. Through that sermon, I heard God speak to me like never before. I knew then that I first had to worship Jesus as a leper did, ask to be healed, believe that he could heal me, but also understand that he may choose not to. The words of that sermon stayed with me. Then one night, shortly after 
beginning chemo, I was trying to fall asleep. I was almost asleep when all of a sudden a picture of Jesus popped up on the screen of my mind. As I fully concentrated on him, I noticed something unusual. Jesus was sweeping with a broom. Hmm. I had never seen anything like that before. Okay. And at the same time, a song came to me. It was a song I had sung in my church youth group years before. I am the good shepherd, come and follow me. That same experience with Jesus sweeping and the song began happening to me on a regular basis. I finally decided that Deb was the one I could tell, and I trusted her completely. Plus, I thought she might have some insight regarding it. So one day I mustered up enough courage to tell Deb. And after hearing about it, about the sign of Jesus sweeping and the song, Deb was clearly excited. And she told me then that she thought Jesus was sweeping the cancer out of my body, that he was going to heal me. So right there, let me put a pin there. I want to put a pin there because because it's a it's a point that I want to highlight and I, I don't want to lose um, the momentum of thought here. First and foremost, you mentioned a couple of times that you received uh, chemotherapy. So quickly, uh, chemo, you did chemotherapy, radiation, surgery, just kind of quickly. What did you do clinically for your cancer? Major surgery. They couldn't Remove all the cancer. I saw a nurse years later, and she said, we opened you up, and there was cancer everywhere. Okay. They thought they were sending me home to die, okay. and so major, intense chemo. Okay. So with that being said, because I want to tie two schools of thought together that we emphasize here that's very important for the faith community, uh, you have a spiritual moment, an aha moment, if I can just synthesize it that way, with uh, friends visiting you, reading you Bible scriptures, you going to uh, a, a service, you having an epiphany, if you will, a moment of, of, an, of an encounter that, that you described at, with visions and et cetera. Uh, you're praying and believing God for healing, uh, but mm-hmm. you're also still endeavoring and moving down the medical and clinical pathway. That how, absolutely okay. There's there's. I want to make sure that we amalgamate the two schools of thought because there are still those who struggle with the idea that if I'm really tapping into the depth of my spiritual being and I'm really really. Uh, applying my faith and I'm really trusting God that at some point here uh, this medical conversation or this medical process really should not and will not be needed. This will just miraculously all be taken care of. That was not your journey or your story. Is that correct? Right. So let's talk. Let's talk about how you amalgamated and actually uh, came to terms with the fact that you had a vision of Jesus sweeping and the interpretation is that the cancer is going to be swept away. Uh, and I could see one running off with that going, well, you know, there's really no need for me to do any clinical care or chemotherapy or follow up. And yet you didn't take that interpretation in that literal sense. You continued on with medical treatment and care, correct? Right. Okay. And so that point didn't even cross my mind that I wouldn't take the chemo. Good. Okay. Well, one day I was undergoing another difficult chemo treatment in the hospital, lying in my hospital bed. The words of another song I had sung came to me. Turn your eyes upon Jesus, look full in his wonderful face, and the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory Mm, and grace. mm, mm. While pondering those words, I saw Jesus for who he really is, the one who at the cross paid in full the penalty for my sins. I realized then that receiving eternal life wasn't about me being good enough or about me earning my way to heaven through good deeds, church attendance, and more, but rather it was about Jesus Christ and what he had already done. Hmm. Let's talk about movement beyond that. Uh, How long 
Uh, did you continue with treatment and care and, and, and battling with your cancer? And if I could fast forward as of today, what is now your, your clinical status as it relates to the cancer process that you have gone through? Well, in 1991, I went through the six rounds of chemo okay. and moved on. I mean, the chem- my counts were all looking fantastic. Mm-hmm. And then in 1995, I again had major pain, leg pain, went to doctor after doctor for six months. They finally diagnosed I had a tumor wrapped around my sciatic nerve. Mm. With that one, I underwent radiation first and then chemo. Okay. Survived that. Then in 1998, I had um, colon cancer, okay. which I had surgery for. And then in 2001, I had breast cancer, which I had um, reconstruction surgery and then reconstruction surgery too. Okay. And now I am cancer-free and have been since 2001. Praise the Lord. So, yes. So your journey has been extensive. You're, and you have mm-hmm. you have battled several different types of cancers at several mm-hmm. different stages. Right. And again, you've worked through a medical and a clinical process while utilizing your faith and dare I say, allowing your faith to to actually be an anchor that has kept you in place and therefore uh, stimulated and motivated uh, a writing that came out of your heart called Abiding Hope. Talk right. to us about this book that you wrote called Abiding Hope. It's it's set up sort of like a devotional, so it's little short uh, chapters that just kind of motivates and encourages and inspires. Let's talk about Abiding Hope. What do you want to say about this book? Well, I wrote Abiding Hope in order really to encourage anyone who is suffering or to equip others for future suffering. Um, I've endured many trials in my life, in addition to four cancers within 10 years. Uh, Years ago, I had trouble conceiving a baby, and that was followed by a miscarriage. Mm. As a newlywed, I endured a cross-country move, which meant leaving friends and family behind. We had marital problems due to a party lifestyle. And I lost my parents at an early age. Wow. So like you said, Abiding Hope contains short daily readings, and they're taken from the pages of my life. And really, it is meant to be read one reflection or reading per day. Uh, No one is immune to suffering, but lasting hope, abiding hope is available to, to everybody. Yeah. And and just quickly, as I thumb through the book, and again, as I've stated, I, I've read this, uh, and it is a wonderful read. It is an easy read, but it is super, super, super encouraging. But as an example, on page 57, uh, one of the uh, chapters is Not Home Yet. What does Not Home Yet talk about? What is that all about? What are you saying here? That I'm not home with Jesus yet. Okay. Still work to do. <laughs> Still work to do. <laughs> <Right>. Still <laughs> things to learn. Uh-huh. I'm still learning along the way. And and then page 63, being honest with God. Talk about being honest with God. What? How does that impact and how would that inspire someone dealing with cancer as some type of negative challenge in their life? Well, we can be honest with God. And I really learned that through my first cancer journey. I mean, it was a very difficult cancer. I was so sick. I went down to 90 pounds mm. and I'm normally 125, um, looked like a Holocaust victim. And during that time, somebody gave me a book of Psalms, a separate book from the Bible, and it was the Psalms in contemporary language. And I absolutely gravitated to that and learned how the psalmists themselves were so honest with God. They um, 
shared their deepest hurts with him. They poured out their hearts. They were thankful. They were grateful. They praised God, even amidst hard times. And that really showed me that I could be honest with God. He can take our honesty. And it was just such an important life lesson and for everything I've gone through to be honest with him. I mean, when we come to Jesus, we have a relationship with God. When I was younger, I had religion. I went to church every Sunday, did good deeds occasionally, but it wasn't this life-changing relationship where God wants to talk with us. He wants through his word and it just completely changes everything. When we know he is there for us and can help us and guide us and hear our hearts. And his heart goes out to us, to anyone who is suffering. So tell the audience how someone could get a copy of your book. It's a wonderful book. I've read it. I was motivated and inspired in, in a very timely fashion from my own personal life. And I can tell you, it is, it's a powerful read. How can someone get a hold of this, uh, Tamara? Well, it is available on Amazon.com or at Tristan, T-R-I-S-T-A-N, publishing.com. And at that website, the Tristan Publishing one, you can also find a study guide for the book, mm. a song that came to me, God inspired me with during that time called Through the Fire, and also a short video about abiding hope. Great. So in that, if you want the study guide and song, that's at tristanpublishing.com slash abiding hope. Fantastic. With uh, 30 seconds that we have left, T, as you like to be called, uh, what is one thing that is now continually and perpetually providing hope to you? The name of our show is Help, Hope, and Inspiration. What continues to fuel your hope that may be hopeful for others to listen to today, my dear? My hope is in Jesus Christ, in God, in God's promises. Without that, I mean, that is where abiding hope really comes from. There's so many temporary hopes among the world. And they just don't last. But our hope in Jesus, he is the hope of the world. And that gives me great hope <laughs> and great comfort. <laughs> Amen. Today you have heard from Tamara Wendall, who has uh, experienced and survived four separate cancer diagnoses within a 10-year a period of time, including stage four ovarian cancer, who is now considered cancer-free today and is living and breathing and sharing with individuals. She's written a book called Abiding Hope. Please go get this book. I have read it. It is fantastic. Today, Tamara, we thank you for being a survivor and a thriver, and thank you for being persistent in following up with me over multiple phone calls (laughs) uh, to get my attention and time, and we thank you for being on Health, Hope, and Inspiration today. God bless you, my dear. Thank you so much. God bless you. How good to hear from Tamara here today on Health, Hope, and Inspiration. One thing we've developed is the Our Journey of Hope Ministry Leaders Network to equip and empower every Christian leader to better meet the great need of cancer care. If you're a pastor or leader in your church or congregation, we want to invite you to join our growing family of informed ministry leaders in the Our Journey of Hope Ministry Leaders Network. Joining the network is absolutely free. When you sign up, you'll receive online access to exclusive leaders' resources, information about ministry training opportunities, and our informative monthly email newsletter. Check this out at healthhopeandinspiration.com. Click on the Our Journey of Hope logo at the top of the page and join the Ministry Leaders Network today. Well, once again, you've brought a stellar guest to us here, Tamara Windall, and uh, boy, what a person of hope anchored in Christ. Well, I tell you, in this particular scenario, she actually found me. 
Uh, she was uh, she gave me a couple of phone calls. Someone had recommended uh, that she reach out to me. And uh, through a course of several missed connections, uh, we finally uh, got together and I found her to be delightful. She's written a book uh, and I read that book. We made reference to in the interview and uh, she has quite the story to tell, you know, uh, four types of uh, different cancer diagnosis and treatment. Uh, a very interesting path of of loss and uh, and and in some ways uh, wandering, uh, not always walking hand in hand uh, with the Lord, her and her husband, and then through all of that, she found her way back into the presence of God. Yeah, she was honest about all that. She was very transparent about it, and and I appreciated that because I think it's important. Uh, you know, there may be someone that's listening today who may not necessarily be as close to the Lord. They may have wandered off, but there is a path always back to God, and sometimes our circumstances facilitate that. But the point to be made is that we never wander too far from God's reach and that we can always come back to his loving arms. You know, I said this earlier, but we always offer spiritual support as desired by the patient. But you've spent a a long time at the bedside of people uh, and their families, someone going through cancer. Uh, What part does hope play in those conversations? Well, first and foremost, hope is essential to just our day-to-day existence. I've said it uh, in different contexts on this show. We utilize, Wayne, and operate hope every day for everything that we do. Hope, according to the Bible, is an eager and an earnest expectation. Mm -hmm. We are expecting something that we don't necessarily physically have or that we can see at the moment But we're expecting. I tell people all the time, uh, one of the greatest moments of expectation is during the IRS tax season. (laughs) When we when we know that Uncle Sam is going to send us a refund, uh, we know the mailman's schedule better than they do because we're looking (laughs) for something. We're expecting something. Uh, Kids on Christmas Eve are full of hope. Because they're expecting something the next day. So it's tied to something. That's exactly right. It's tied to a promise. It's tied to uh, an idea. It's tied to a concept of being able to receive something uh, that will benefit us. And so when we talk about the hope of God, because much of our hope is tied into uh, man and people and things and places, uh, we have to restructure where does our hope come from. For Well, hope comes from the source of true hope. The Bible says that God is the God of of hope. And so she uh, talked about Tamara, about the power of her hope, uh, even in the midst of her challenges and her circumstances, and how that became a foundational anchor and platform for her to continue to work through her challenges and circumstances. Well, just as Tamara turned to God's Word to find hope, we have put together a resource that uh, kind of does some of the work for us, doesn't it, in, in, in finding these verses that deal with hope. And, and that's exactly what this resource is designed to do, is to talk about what is godly hope, what comes from godly hope, uh, where do we find godly hope in his word. Uh, we find that with the, with the uh, engagement of the relationship with the Spirit of God that continually fuels the hope of God in us. And so when we this resource is going to put into great context the specific and unique dynamics of godly hope and where does it come, how does it work, and how do we actuate it in our everyday lives. And this is going to be an awesome resource that people should download and share and utilize with others. And the good news is it's available right now at the website. And it's free. And it's free. What the Bible says about hope, you'll find it at healthhopeandinspiration.com. 
With locations in Atlanta, Chicago, Philadelphia, Phoenix, and Tulsa, Cancer Treatment Centers of America is a comprehensive cancer care network that takes an integrative approach to cancer care. Visit our website at healthhopeandinspiration.com, click on Sponsor to learn more about Cancer Treatment Centers of America, or contact one of their friendly oncology information specialists by calling 866-712-HOPE, 866-712-HOPE. Cancer Treatment Centers of America uses state-of-the-art technologies to deliver precision medicine, personalized care, and spiritual support. Learn more at healthhopeandinspiration.com. You know, we uh, we shared a question earlier I want to go back to, the question of the week. You remember what that was, Percy? Absolutely. We've asked the question, and we want a response from you. What should people or your church have done differently to help you during your cancer journey. Often I've heard people say, I wish that people had done this differently or had done that differently or my church reacted differently. So we want to hear from you today in terms of what your experience, unique and uh, specific experience is with regard to how uh, or what people should have or your church could have done differently to help better help you during your cancer journey. And you can reach us with your answer to that question by going to our website, healthhopeandinspiration.com. We really do want to hear from you. And then we'll deal with the answers and uh, kind of discuss them on an upcoming podcast. Correct. Answer the question, what should people or your church have done differently to better help you during your cancer journey? Well, let's return to our source of hope, God's Word. Absolutely. And of course, this scripture basically talks about the power of hope. And that is in the context of and found in Proverbs 3, verses 5 and 6. Uh, because when we hope in something, we're trusting in something. So it says, trust in the Lord, not in our bank account, not in our 401k, not in our retirement plan, but trust in the Lord. Those are things that are subject to change. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding. Uh, Having godly hope sometimes transcends our own ability to understand and process what we're seeing and feeling around us. Mm -hmm. Uh, Do not depend on your own understanding. And then verse six, seek his will in all you do. And he will show you which path to take. In most cases, we are looking for hope that will give us direction on where we should go and what we should do. And that hope comes from and is found in the Lord, who is the rock of ages and who is the anchor of our souls. Such encouragement today from God's word. Thank you for sharing that, Percy. And don't forget to subscribe to our podcast at healthhopeandinspiration.com. Well, there it is, our program on hope today. I think that's been very helpful to a lot of people listening. Oh, I absolutely believe that. And as we continue to to encourage people to be hopeful, just remember at the end of the day, God is true to his word and his promises. Percy McRae, Director of Faith-Based Programs at Cancer Treatment Center of America. What do we need to do now? Hey, keep chopping the wood. We've got work to do. Don't give up and don't give in. Thank you for listening to Health, Hope, and Inspiration. Hope and Inspiration is produced and sponsored by Cancer Treatment Centers of America. If you or someone you love is fighting cancer, consider Cancer Treatment Centers of America. We treat the whole person, body, mind, and spirit. Our hospitals in Atlanta, Chicago, Philadelphia, 
Phoenix and Tulsa take an integrative approach to cancer care. We use conventional medical treatments to attack the disease while helping patients manage side effects and maintain their quality of life by using evidence-informed therapies like nutrition and naturopathic support, along with pastoral care, pain management, and other supportive care services. Treatments are tailored to each patient's specific needs. Visit healthhopeandinspiration.com to view our cancer-related resources or to contact our oncology information specialists about questions you may have about your treatment options. Working together under one roof, our cancer experts use state-of-the-art technologies to deliver precision medicine, personalized care, and spiritual support. Learn more at healthhopeandinspiration.com.